Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're going to be on Smith again, aren't we? Uh, look, by the time season rolls around, I can just see him coming back into my team. And I don't want him to, but he probably is going to. Brandon Smith. Yeah, this is going to be the thing, isn't it? With center being what it's going to be. And watch, we're going to have to spend all this money up there. And then it's be like, oh, nah, let's not go Grant or Robson or whatever. Jeremy Marshall King. Let's save that money and go Brandon Smith. Oh, I can't wait for that. All right, guys, we're oh. in. For the Roosters, and Egan Butcher is going to kick us off at 580k. Very, very uh, annoying pick for me last year. That's all I'm going to say. Over to you. Yeah, Jamie, it's it's a. Uh, he was good at stretches last year, but he didn't get into it at the start like we were hoping, and a lot of us sold him, including me. But uh, yeah, I mean, with this Roosters Ford pack now improving, uh, Wong with a late season bit of a breakout and them signing Spencer Lenu does he even make it. It's crazy how good the Roosters forward pack depth is at the moment. So, I mean, he's not going to meet his 42 average um, by any stretch of the imagination. So he's not one you want to chuck in your team. Right. Prediction. Is there going to be one injury before round one in this forward pack? <laughs> uh, I mean, You'd think there'll be something minor, probably. I don't know if there'll be something major, but there's always somebody at the club's like, oh, they've got a niggle. Are they going to perform? Like, we've got Schuster for the Seagulls and stuff like that. Is he going to play, isn't he? Probably something like that. But yeah, I don't know if it's enough to affect it. Well, we've got a two-week injury. That's what I'm going to call. Something two weeks, and I wonder how that's going to affect our teams. Anyway, Nat Butcher is next. 741, had a cracking year last year. Obviously, average 54 there. You've got him there as an origin option. Talk us through it. Yeah, Nat Butcher's a funny one because I've seen a lot of different opinions on what's going to happen with him this year. I've seen quite a few pre- predictors put him on the bench with two of like Wong, Tupanu and Crichton starting on the edges. And I mean, I guess that's possible at some point, but I mean, he performed quite well last year and they're already stacked with middle. So I don't need know if he needs to go back there. Mm. At the moment, I probably have him as staying at that 80-minute back row role, performing quite well. And then as a couple of the Roosters guys go off to Origin, he's Roosters options are actually potentially really 
quite sneaky buys because they play both round uh, 13 and 16. So if you have some solid scorers there um, that work for your team at the moment, say if they're a little bit cheaper than they were uh, a couple rounds ago at the start of the season, they could be very valuable. It's why cheese is also potentially an option you can just hold until round 13, round 16 because of that, uh, because of those rounds that they cover. Yeah, for sure. And if, if Nat doesn't, let's just say he does play edge, but it's not 80 minutes, then we'll get him at sort of cut price through that period. And if there's injuries and stuff, right? So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that through through your pack predictor a little bit later, but let's go to Lindsay Collins next at 583. Played a lot of big minutes last year. Is he off the radar? Yeah, we, we've had our eye on him after, I think in 2021, he had a stretch where he really bulldozed uh, and made quite a few good points and had a really increased PPM. But everything outside of that before and after has not been absolutely amazing for his scoring rate. Even though he's probably getting 55 minutes sort of a thing, it's not really much more than the low 40s or 45 that you might expect. Yeah, PPM's not great, is it? Uh, Angus Crichton, talk us through your thoughts on him. If he were to get that starting spot, what are you looking at with him? Yes, yeah, so the the key factor, I think, is how scared of bench should we be? So they've got a lot of really good players, a lot of middles, but they've also got competition with guys like Tupanua and especially Wong at the back of last year. So if Angus is starting... We, we've seen him in the past. He's been a fantastic gun right up the top of the edge position, like a 55-plus scorer. And he's priced at 36. So he has potential to be incredible value, but he needs that 80 minutes. So if we see like a Wong on the bench, I'd be more inclined to think that he's competing with Angus than competing with Nat Butcher. He, he's, he needs to prove that he's back. He needs to prove that he should be in this team over a Tupanua and a Wong. So if Wong is on the bench, I'd be worried of split minutes. Tupanua a little bit less so because he can play a bit of middle and sometimes cover center and all that. But if if there's not really that much to worry about in terms of bench edges, I mean, you just load up on him. Yeah, definitely. So you're, at the moment, you've got Nat in that other edge role for big minutes. Yep. If he was not to be come round one, Let's just say he's on the bench and it was Crichton and Wong starting. Are you looking at one or both or? It's very tempting to go both. Mm. I think that there's a good potential. Um, one of them loses a couple minutes, but I wouldn't be crazy worried about losing like 30 minutes or something, for example. So I, I would... I would probably look to pick Angus just because of his history. And yeah. then if it goes wrong, well, he's about 50K more expensive. If you get which one's minutes are wrong, you can just switch over if uh, that's what it looks like looks like happening. Yeah. And I think for Crichton as well, if he was to get that starting spot, then it's probably a higher chance that he's kind of closer to being back to where he was before. Would, would you think that? I think so. It was a very yeah. disrupted year last year for him. And he's come out in the preseason set and Sorry, I let you down last year, guys. I'm ready to go. Mm. And so if he does end up starting, we could have some faith in him there. And I mean, who's to say that Wong being on the bench doesn't mean that he still gets like 60, 65 minutes at least. 
Yeah. And even that's still value. He only played 50 last year and still averaged in the sort of low 30s. If he's getting 10, 15 minutes more than that, he's still going to be value. And then if he plays 80, well, that's incredible value. Mm. And Wong's minutes are a bit up and down, obviously, last year. But that's an absolute embarrassment of riches, isn't it? If Crichton is actually back to to where he could be or close to it, even 10%, 15% down, <laughs> pack is just wild. All right, Zach Docker-Clay, we won't even bother talking about him. Uh, he's nowhere near it at the moment with the craziness that's there. Luke Keary at 547. Obviously, a bit more of a name player. What what should you say to people that are newer to fantasy? Yeah, um, Luke Keary, big name, gets a few highlight plays, but doesn't dominate the overall work rate and base stats. A bit like Ezra Mam, sort of a bit like Tom Dearden. But uh, yeah, uh, if you look at his scores at 5.8, compared to where he's halfback and taking a bit more control of the team, there's nearly a 10-point difference. So I think it was yeah. like 32 or 33 average. So... I mean, I've, I've got him lower than what he's averaged last year. Definitely. Uh, Spencer Lenier, been a big hot topic, obviously signing a new contract to come over to the Roosters. Do you see any uptick in minutes from him? Because last year was really strange compared to the year before with minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, Lenier is signed on pretty good money. So a lot of people instantly going, well, good money equals good minutes. Mm. But I mean, you stop and look at this Roosters pack and where do they come from? They He also is the perfect role player for yeah. that 30, 35 minute absolute weapon impact. So if he is starting in the starting side, then you've definitely got to stop and consider him. But if he's on the bench, I don't know if I really expect anything different to what he was at Penrith, like a 30, 35 minute really big, really powerful interchange role for a good team. Um, considering you've got your uh, Warrior Hargreaves, your Collins, your Terrell May as well, I don't know if he can push up to really good minutes if he's on the bench. Yeah, and then, guys, when we're talking about like starting or bench, it's definitely likely as a starter you can play the same minutes as you do on the bench. But if you think of you starting, let's just say you played... 18 minutes, right? Because he's an impact guy. He's then very likely to come on for sort of that last 16, 17, 18, 20 minutes at the end of the game as well. And if you were to be a bench middle, good chance you come on at sort of anywhere between 20 and the 30 mark. Let's just say it's 25. You play 15 before the break. So he goes hard for that 15 minutes. He goes hard for another 15 after the break. And then he's done for the game because Collins and these type of guys come back on uh, or it was Fisher Harrison, the order at, at Panthers. So that's usually how it works, but we also do see some forwards who come off. If they do start, they come off after 15 minutes or 20 minutes and they never come back on. That can happen with certain guys. I don't think Spencer's that guy. Um, you might see with like a Fletcher Baker or something last year where he might just get the 20 and that would be it. And there's other guys that that, that would happen to, but um yeah, that's where he's. That's where Scoop's saying more about the the starter or the bench kind of minutes there. But something to watch, something to hear from Robinson. Um, but we do know that he just said he wants him to be him, right? Just just be exactly what he was at Panthers and and show that for us and and hopefully that'll help us win. So, yeah, Spencer's an interesting one. He re- really he's not going to lose your money, right? And his PPM was pretty junk last year compared to the years prior. Yeah, it, it decreased a little bit when he got a couple more minutes, but. It had been over one in the past. So yeah. to be honest, I mean, Panthers have been pushing around all the other teams in the league for a while now. So if he goes to somewhere else where 
even there's a bit of a drop, he could get more tackles and push that back up. Mm, for sure. Uh, Joey Mano, 639K. So 46 and a half was the average last year. Definitely someone that I always seem to grab, you know, anywhere from about round five to, to round eight or nine there um, after he's lost a bit of cash. Is there any thought in starting with him this year? Um, I think with the Roosters tough draw, it's a, it's a little bit hard to, but I mean, it's pretty dire, isn't it? In the center mm. position. So <laughs> if you, and if we end up with something like Manu shifting to five eighth to begin the year and Kiri just gets left out of the team or something like that. So then they can include a Billy Smith or something who performed well from last year. Yeah. Then you, I would definitely look at him. Manu in spine positions is really good. Start the in center. Mm, He's sort of around that peak price usually at the beginning of the year and drops a little bit. But uh, yeah, for Origin, you are definitely going to want him. As I said, round 13, round 16, those first two buys he covers. Mm. Plays the Cowboys. Uh, he'll be missing probably Cotter and probably at least one or two others. And then round 16 versus Bulldogs. And then Tigers and Dragons after that, possibly if fullback for one of them if Teddy's rested and maybe at center. So there's going to be big points in that midseason. You are 100% going to want Joey Manu uh, from, say, just before Origin at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And then if you're getting some fullback, some center, it doesn't matter at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm excited for that. That seems to be a good good little time. All right, my boy, Ter- Terrell May. Uh, I've, I've spoken enough on him. I was like, before we we're going to do this, but this video podcast, I was like, Oh, we get to talk about Terrell again, but uh, up to you, mate. What have you got on him? (laughs) Yeah. Look, there's a couple of these fringe guys at the moment who have these monster reserve grade stats. And in the next couple of years, when a few blokes retire, they're going to be fantasy guns. But as, as we've touched on so many times already, the roosters four pack is humongous. And I don't know if it's this year, if Rory Hargreaves retires at the end of the year and he takes over a starting spot, next year could be his year where he averages 50 plus in 50 minutes. But for this year, we really need to see that happening in order to go anywhere near him. He had a couple of big minute games in the finals, but I think they're missing quite a lot of players. So it might just be something to watch out for. I think it was just, it was just the one I think Hargreaves missed missed one of them or miss was missing something, but um, obviously bringing Spencer over hurts as well is probably the main issue, but it's more just if they see him, I think as being that guy that, that really was the alpha in the pack. Like obviously you've got Hargraves, but he doesn't move as well as what May does at the moment being a younger player. Um, so it's just if they need that body really, like, cause they've got heaps of good players. Like he just brings something different. So I think we just need to see and hear what, what that's going to be. For him but it probably is more of a one injury away and then he's that bigger minute yeah. guy hey like um at this point i'm worried so we'll, we'll find out all right moriarty heard a bit about him but uh not expected to play at the moment power goes well same deal and then you got victor radley what's gonna happen with him this year like there's so many games last year where he was very close to 80 minutes or played 80 minutes do you see him dropping a little bit yeah i definitely think there is potential for him to be dropped dropping down to around that 60 minute mark pretty consistently. Mm. I think I'm trying to remember how many people in the Roopsters pack was injured last year and it was quite a lot. So he ended up playing monster minutes and I mean, look at his average 
he still only averaged mid 40s he's not somebody who's built around fantastic fantasy scoring so i mean he's not really somebody you should consider one of those other big name players that can trap a few rookies yeah definitely i suppose that with that question is going to come up with connor watson then does he play a little bit of 13 and uh and smithy kind of gets a couple extra minutes we'll, we'll have to try and work that out in in trials and the like but uh Billy Smith is next fighting for a spot, isn't he? Probably a decent chance of missing it, even though he kind of dominated the back end of last year after we all sold him. <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff. We've I'm really happy to see that Billy Smith had a good year last year. He's one of those guys that had been fighting injury for a long time and finally put it all together. And we saw why he'd been hyped up. So I'm very pleased that we got to see good version of Billy Smith. But yeah, as as you said, we've got Dom Young coming over from the Roosters. You've got Daniel Tupo on the other wing. You've got Manu in the centers, potentially. And then you've got Suali. So where does Billy Smith fit in? I don't think he's going to get in unless you have an injury in there or Manu goes to 5 8. Yeah, well, they don't play Suali, but geez, like, because he's going to have to play center, right? Suali. So, and he's not. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. He's not as good there. He's obviously super talented, but so is Billy. Like, it's different, but yeah, it's gonna be gonna be fun to watch this team. If they don't start well, seriously, like for a fourth year in a row, whatever it is, what a terrible side. <laughs> All right, Mister Brandon Smith, go ahead. Five forty k. Is he pretty much the same price as last year? Isn't he? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like, do you want to spin the wheel and? potentially get hurt again or not I, th- I think i owned him three times last year one was bad because he got injured straight away hurt his ribs second time was okay because i jumped on a decent time and made about 100k and the third time i had a couple of poor scores and then a couple of decent ones to the back end of the year but yeah only those back end of the year good scores are sort of what we're hoping for where those increased minutes um, at an increased scoring rate when the Roosters are doing a bit better. Yeah. So we've seen him in the past have a pretty decent try scoring rate, burrowing over close to the line. I mean, he's called the block of cheese for a reason. And so we just have to be a little bit more certain of what Connor Watson's role is in his minutes. There's potential that he could play 65 at a slightly increased PPM, which would put him in the high 40s and make yeah. him good value, maybe even up to 50. But there's also potential that he might only play 60-ish. Like, he might play 65 a lot of the time, then have a couple-minute games that bring him down to 60-minute average. And then that would sort of put him pretty middling around the low to mid-40s, which is still some value, but not not great. And when you are looking generally 
for players with eight to 10 points of value. And his upside is probably only about 10 points. And his downside is like four. It's always someone that's going to be a risk, but he does have dual. Roosters are expected to do well. And the mid position's not got a lot of amazing picks in that sort of in that sort of price range. So I think he is one of the better picks. It just depends on how you think the Roosters are going to line up this year and use him. Yeah, so what we've got in the in the pros for him is that surely they can't start as bad as they did last year. I don't know, maybe. Um, the injuries for him, really, really bad. And he did not look anything like himself for those two. Um, but he didn't have the risk of minutes being taken off him. So he's got the two two in the pro category this year and and one in the negative. And I suppose that if they think he's super important to their side and, and is that sort of 60 to 65 guy, remember guys, he doesn't really ever play 80 minutes anyway. So you know, at, at highs, it's like 70, 71. Um, he's not that type of guy. He is an impact. He gets attacking stats. He does all those types of things. Whereas a lot of our other hookers need those defensive stats, right? They're, they're, most of them are, you know, 50 tackles, 35 meters run, one tackle break or something like that with three misses. And it's like, yeah, 50. Whereas Smithy can do it in, in, in lots of other ways. So yeah, if you think that he's just that important and, and he's through his injuries and really like if you're a sportsman and you have that bad of a year, obviously not a lot of it was his fault, but, um, if you have that bad of a year, you do want to avenge avenge yourself and your teammates, right? We're hearing that from Adam Elliott, like a big chip on his shoulder, like wanting to show his teammates that he um, that he's fit and he, and he can play that thirteen role and do really well. You're hearing that from Josh Curran that he wants to kind of avenge last season. So, well, everyone's like that. Everyone's competitive, and and that's what he's going to want. So, if you want to play that narrative as well, it's it's definitely there because yeah, I suppose he's coming more and more on our radar just with the fact that that center is so bad. Um, cause I, like in my, in the hooker video, I didn't really talk about him too much. Like I was like, oh yeah, he could be solid. There's potential to go well, but it's very risky, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, you have to break it down a little bit more, I think. And yeah, I think what's he, is he, I think he's like 17% or something owned. And I think he'll end up a bit more if, um, if center's pretty poor, for sure. So yeah, there you go. It's enough on Brandon for a while. Sandon Smith. The better Smith, right? 360K. He was good last year at seven, wasn't he? But he needs an injury. Just... Yeah. He also had times where he, he came on off the bench and actually played more minutes than Brandon Smith at some times, which was pretty <laughs> annoying when uh, in the back end of the year when I owned him. But then he, then he picked up a bit. So Sandon yeah. probably goes back to reserve grade now with Connor Watson returning. For sure. Uh, and Suali, we're expecting him on in centers, right? And you're avoiding there? Yeah, look, he scores way better on the wing than he does at center, which, I mean, overall isn't a surprise, but given how tall he is and how well he can jump, I'm even less surprised. So you really need to drop, like, a Daniel Tupo for him to get injured for you to have Suli on the wing, and I just mm. don't see them doing that. And he's leaving next year. Why would why would you displace and mess that up for somebody who's not even going to be there next year? So I think that... He'll do all right. He'll plond long, score mid thirties, but he's priced there, so not real, really interesting. Yeah, because there was wing and goal kicking, and Roosters playing well, and that was a fifty. Um, so the triple whammy there, which worked out. Uh, James Tedesco, six hundred seventy k, came out and said that he, uh, yeah, put a bit too much pressure on himself, tried too hard. There's a lot of things that happened last year for him. 
that uh, yeah, he wasn't at his best, but this is his lowest score scoring average if you know for 80 minute games ever i believe i think it was 50 plus all the way through tigers as well so getting a little bit older what are your thoughts on on teddy coming into round one yeah i think that teddy he, he's an outside back starting to get towards the back of his career but as you said he wants to fire back up this year and he really did improve a bit in the back half of the year so i think that we haven't seen the end of him just yet or the end of his fantasy relevance. So I think that there's a good chance we see the standard Teddy, the standard Teddy projection model drops a little bit to begin the year, revs up for origin and the run home. So I think you can probably pick him up at low 600s at some point or around that price and do pretty well. But yeah, to begin the year for somebody that is, I mean, it'd be very, very difficult for him to get dropped for origin and if he, if he was, he wouldn't be playing well, so he wouldn't want to buy him. So you just assume that he's probably going to be someone you want to pick up late in the season or a couple of rounds into the season if he starts to fire at a slightly cheaper price. Mm, definitely. Uh, Tupo will leave out. He won't be of relevance. Tupo Nua there at 421. You've, you've got him there as a, a decent buy if he is starting. Uh, just tell us a bit more about, about Tupes and, and why it would still be a risk if he was starting. Yeah, Tupanua is probably my least favorite out of those three options to start at edge that have not named Nat Butcher. So he's just re-signed with the yeah. Roosters, which is a which is good indicator that they like him there and they want him to be have having an important role. But um he's got a little bit more versatility, plays in the middle a bit more often than somebody like uh Angus or Wong. So I really do see him being the one to lose minutes if it ended up being him plus one of the other two starting in that butcher bench i don't think he is as likely as the others to play 80 and can get pushed around a bit in my pack predictor which we'll get to shortly i have him sort of sitting around and doing a little bit of both from the bench and yeah he'd have to be starting. And even then there's just not quite as much upside as those other two from what we've seen. Definitely. Uh, Hargraves will leave out. Sammy Walker is 685. I definitely see him having potential to break out, but it's a tough starting draw, isn't it? Yeah. And the thing is we've got Cleary. We've potentially got Hines for those who want to attack the soft draw. And I mean, we've got Fogarty. So for this year, he's sort of, it's hard to make him work because you've got to leave somebody out who potentially could be very good. Mm. I think that in another year, especially if we didn't have those elite options, you might have a look at him because signs are there for a rooster's bounce back and potentially a step up for Walker this year to move into the next category of halves. But there's not as much security as other guys. So I would leave him and just have, and just watch him and keep an eye on him in the background. Yeah. Could he be one of those targets closer to that origin time for around 13, 16 kind of half gun? That's probably a better shout. Mm. Um, He's quite probably going to be in the origin team eventually, but not this year yeah. unless DC randomly comes out and retires or something. So I think that that's a pretty solid shout. He could be a very good scorer through those couple of uh those couple of weeks that the origin stars are away and i mean just through that period in general we could end up with sort of three or four roosters players for for those two buyers hey yeah there's a few there's a few 
good options. I mean, we could have Cheese, one of those edges, and a Walker and a Manu. Yeah, exactly, for sure. Uh, Connor Watson, he's so expensive, hey, at 550. So uh, avoid unless he ends up having to play starting hooker when he's a bit cheaper. Uh, Nafahu White at 411. Does he even make the side? He was actually pretty good last year, hey? Yeah, and that's the thing. He was good, but he's like, 20th man something yeah. like that that's it's crazy how good the depth is yeah and then uh see Wong, obviously lots of talent right that's the big thing with him tell us your thoughts on on Siwa. my current thoughts are that angus will start and wong will be bench wow and in that case wong isn't really an option but if wong is starting he's cheaper than angus doesn't need to go as high he doesn't have quite the pedigree, but he doesn't need to hit 50. He's priced at low 30s, mid 40s would be fantastic for him in around that 80 minute mark. So I think that you have to watch the bench a bit like it's a bit like a five point discount version of Angus. And you just have to watch out for similar things. Is Angus on the bench? Is Tupanua on the bench? Or are there two of them? And Nat Butch is on the bench. They. This is obviously a pretty crazy team for all those things. The Terrell Mays, Wongs, Crichtons, Butchers, Tupanua's, Brandon Smiths, right? So good thing for us, we get them in the first round of, of team lists, which is awesome. So guys, just remember that because there's the two Vegas games, we get team lists for them on the Tuesday before, I believe is what it's going to be. And then that week after we get the rest of the round one team list. So yeah, you'll at least be able to lock in these guys in that first couple of games. And then we can, uh, we can go from there. And then Dom Young, he's obviously being spoken about a bit as well, given he's at a new club and was super talented, is super talented, obviously scoring a million tries. Can he do that at the Roosters or, or can he beat that? Yeah, that's the thing. He was basically the top try scorer of last year. And although he does move to a better team, how much higher can he go? It's like, trying to buy Alex Johnston because at the start of the year because it's like, oh, he can score 30 tries and he only scored 17 last year. What an upside. <laughs> and he's next to Manu. So if, if Manu is there, I don't see him scoring 30 tries. Um, but, I mean, he's quick and has potential to go pretty well at some point from a try-scoring point of view. I just don't know if he's a really good fantasy option. Definitely. Okay, let's go to the pack predictor. And you've got Brandon Smith there at 60 minutes at hooker there. So that's a 5.7 bit of value there if he's at his uh, current PPM at 0.75. So yeah, it's up and down, obviously, depending on you know the numbers at, at Storm were great. Obviously, when he was Dallium hooker of the year, last year they weren't as good. So we'll see how those minutes go. You've got Watson just getting, uh, you've got 20 for Watson at hooker and 20 at lock. I suppose that could probably go up, uh, probably go down potentially. 40 would be probably the max. So, yeah, let's just take that with that. Uh, Angus Crichton, he's got that 50 and 30 with split with Wong and 80 for for Nat. So, yeah, again, just see this could change, obviously, depending on how things are named. Lindsay Collins should definitely be up at the 55. You've got Spencer Lanier at, at, at 35. He'll be somewhere there, 35, 30. And then May at around the 30 mark if he's in that side. So, yeah, probably the only one that could move up or down is Watson. Maybe Hargraves is like a 35 guy. But yeah, you're still yeah, kind of like... There's a little bit of movement that you could potentially yeah. do. I just you didn't like dropping Hargraves too much after... I mean, he was averaging 50 minutes sort of a thing last year when he was in the team. Yeah. But I mean, he has to slow down somewhat. So I've reduced him a bit. 
but yeah, it just shows that there's not a lot of wiggle room for a couple of these, you know, the fringier kind of front row forward guys. Hey, the Len use the maze. Um, we need 40 from, from Terrell. We need 40 odd from, from Spencer as well. And it's just hard to find it. So you could easily just leave out a few of these guys from your team. Hey, and just see what happens and, um, and kind of pick them up through here, given they don't have their first buy until round 14, you can wait until sort of round three, four, five, six, and still bring them in there and have a big runway of, of cash and points to be made for sure. So you spoke about their buy schedule being fairly tough uh, with Broncos up first, the Eagles, if they, you know, with Trebojevic and everyone going well, Bunnies should be bouncing back, Panthers in round four. So that first four is pretty tough before it opens up a tick, but then you still have some tough games. So you see a lot more uh, green and blue through the mid part of the season. So as we as we were talking about, that's that could be the time to buy, hey? Yeah. I mean, you look you look at that, you've got um, depleted Cowboys by Eels, who might be slightly better, but don't expect to be world beaters, as sad as I may say, say that. But then mm. you've got, I mean, teams that could improve, but they're Bulldogs, Tigers, Dragons. They're not going to be crazy tough compared to the others. So you can definitely see a pathway to points. Yeah. Well, really, the only tough one is like toughest one is Panthers, right? Most people score, most outside backs and halves can score pretty poorly. Middles, a lot of time you get more tackles against Panthers. We've seen some crazy, crazy numbers there. Was that the McInnes game? We were in 80, um, was against the Panthers, I believe. And um, a few others, like, yeah, even when Harry Grant comes up against the Panthers, it's like 63 tackles and eight misses and shit like that. Um, yes. Broncos on their day can be a, a tough matchup as well, but and then Storm here and there. But most of them, most of the other guys, it's it's pretty fine for scoring. So, um, especially for like the edges, we're not really talking about outside backs for this team, are we? So, it's not going to no. affect them too much, which is um, which is fine. Um, and yeah, just the probably the big thing I'm seeing in that pack predictor. Yes, it could change here and there. But majority of the guys there are looking to either hold value or lose value just because there's so many mouths to feed, right? So they're oh, potentially a bit of a trappy roosters pack. Um, and just something to think about, right? So it's good to really cool to for you to have these numbers up here, mate, um, to help people out. Just to be like, oh, okay. You know, sometimes we look at these packs and it's like, oh wow, there's you know, it's a new pack, there's injuries, whatever. And there's so much room to grow. Whereas this one, it's like, oh, if you get the perfect role, great. If not, could be a, just a bit of a nothing PK. Yeah, and, and it, as you said, there are a few guys who, if they line up in particular ways, can be traps. And another thing is, as you said, it's a split team lists. If mm. you're not certain about some of these guys and worried about picking a couple of traps, maybe just go for the one and leave some of the others and just wait to see what other options emerge for the rest of TLT. Because especially if you're trying to go like of Rooster's Edge and Cheese. And then you have to pick from the value in the other positions. It might be, you might get stuck with somebody who you don't want, or you might not be able to fit somebody into your team that you really do want who unexpectedly got a good role. So just be careful when figuring out how many Roosters you want to start within round one, because they could be good, but it could also lock you into position you're not particularly uh, happy with. Yeah. And just remember, you do have trades, guys. So round two, like if, or round three, if one of these guys does really well, they're all sort of, you know, anywhere between 440 upwards. They're not going to 
absolutely, you know, make 50, 60, 70 K in, in one week, um, these types of players. So you can, you can pick them up in round two or three. There's going to be someone that doesn't work out that you could trade them to, but on the contrary, if they, if you leave them and they, and they don't actually perform like you want, and it is a bit of a, a minutes trap or something like that, then, then you did avoid it. So I think either way you're going to be fine. Right. Yeah, I, I'm probably gonna pick. Probably gonna pick Smith. He's probably gonna work my his way back into my team. He's and got your last I'll name. Probably mate. leave the edges unless I don't see a bench hedge or butcher's bench. Okay, yeah, so one or two maybe. Yeah, there you go. Very interesting, guys. That's the Roosters. We're gonna get into the Manly Seagulls in the next one, which you'll see in the next couple of days. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 